0: Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, Authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Talk Purpose and Truth. Excited to be here. And Eden, I was i was just checking, and this is our 171st episode.
0: Wow, we, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think going into it, we ever felt like that we were going to get to this point.
1: No, I mean, I we were just kind of like, let's go and see, you know, uh-huh. um, but it, it did, I thought about it because it's Prince's birthday month and I got my Prince, one of my Prince shirts on, he's with us mm. and um, really he's how we started this whole thing. You know, I, my friend Ursula was getting a message for us and then we were getting messages from Prince, start a podcast, you have to do a podcast and then it went from there and you, a lot of you have heard that on different episodes, but um, Yeah, so so just honoring him um, with love and excited to talk to our guest today. Eden found her watching videos on Instagram from transformational spiritual teachers, and um, we just love her message. We would like to welcome you to Talk Purpose and Truth.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much for
1: having me. It's so fun being here and connecting with all of you. Yeah, so let's start by you telling your story. And you've lived in many countries, studied, and you teach both Eastern and Western philosophy, spirituality, and psychology. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your journey and, and what you do?
2: Yeah, absolutely. My whole background, I spent my 20s living in Israel, India, all throughout Asia and Europe. I have a, My background is in clinical psychology. And I love to merge Eastern ritual and Western psychology. I just finished my book. It's coming out March, 2024. And essentially everything that I share with the world is helping you do the thing that you've always wanted to do. Whether that means having a devoted meditation or manifestation practice, it's merging both the left and right brain to find the remedy that is going to help you heal, align and grow and live on your highest possible timeline.
0: Oh, Well, that's perfect. (laughs) Love that. Um, Science of happiness frameworks. Can you um, tell us how does that transform your relationship to yourself?
2: This is one of the... Like uh, this is the, the hottest conversation, especially with my corporate clients. So
0: yeah.
2: positive psychology was brought to the world by Martin Seligman of the University of Pennsylvania. And I studied with uh, a lot of his colleagues at Columbia. So I went to Columbia, New York, um, and it was a very special program that I studied in. It's uh, a master's in psychology in education and has this very wonderful spiritual focus. And one of the many incredible things, I took a positive psychology course, which literally translates into what makes life worth living. And there are so many specific frameworks where we are grounding, where Seligman grounds. If you follow this framework, you will be happier. And there's this incredible model, it's called the PERMA model and it's P-E-R-M-A. P is having positive emotions, positive experiences. E, uh, P-E, E is engagement, which is living aligned to your strengths. R is relationships, connecting with people who allow you to speak unedited or where you really feel seen and heard. M is meaning, so having purpose in your life. And A is achievement, so your ability to work your way up in some trajectory, in some way. So signs of happiness is a huge conversation. It's typically the first thing I bring to a client who is moving through seasonal sadness or depression, a corporation. Uh, I like a lot of my Midwestern or East Coast clients in the winter time because seasonal depression and not getting sunlight is a real thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a really powerful framework and something I, I write about this in my book and I talk about it regularly because It needs to be more widespread knowing that you can tap into a happiness framework and feel better immediately.
0: Is that in your book that you are publishing? Yeah. Yeah. My book is, yeah, it's
2: about 13 chapters and I share a lot of very personal uh, stories and then a lot of research and a lot of spiritual or psychological practices.
1: Nice. Yeah. I think it reminds me of Rob Mack. We had Rob Mack on a couple of times. He's a positive psychologist and Mm. study really powerful and the funny thing is it's like it's not really funny but it's like interesting and intriguing is that that's really the cause of a lot of people feeling unhappy is that they're not having a balance of those things they're just like working 70 hours and then they have no time or balance to do anything else and they're feeling stretched too thin you know like there's that's just one example but a lot of the times that's what's going on it's like they're just all focused in one area and they're not They're not taking the time to go, you know what, I'm gonna just go do that, you know, project that I've always wanted to do my whole life, or I'm gonna go travel. You know, whatever you need to do to get out of your regular routine helps you embrace new things and then it stretches your mind and and helps everything.
2: Yeah, and it's also the conversation of making room for a miracle. In our day and age, you can find a flight. It might have a million stops, but it might be more cost-effective and you could probably get to the place in the world that you wanna go to. It's comes back into what do you believe about the world to be true? And are you, do you have the audacity to pursue your deepest desires and dreams? Because even more than a happiness framework, there's this conversation right now about spiritual starvation. It's we think we know what's good for us, or we think we know what we want or need. And so often, it does require a pause. It does re- require taking a step back, meeting your basic needs, which is the first chakra, which is a Sanskrit word for wheel, the Muladhara chakra, which sits at the base of the tailbone, safety, security, comfort, food, shelter, your basic needs that must be met. It's, so, <laughs> it's a very important question to ask because I'll have clients come to me all the time and they say, Erin, I'm so desperate to feel better. And I'll say, great, did you drink water today? Mm-hmm or Aaron, I'm so desperate to feel better. And I said, great, did you go for a walk and see the sun today? Even if like, even if you live in a place where there's not a sun, like a lot of sun, did you get outside? Did you connect to the most basic thing today? Did you stay inside on the couch or on the bed all day? Did you talk to somebody outside of yourself or me today? And basic needs have really shifted since Maslow brought the pyramid of needs into the world, which is literally saying, do you have a roof over your head? Do you have food? Do you have water? Wi-Fi has become a basic need. If you're gonna carry out your work, if you're gonna connect, if you're going to uh, like share your medicine in some way, really profound relationships where you can live and speak unedited has become a basic need for so many of my clients. And if you desire to really tap into, sure, your highest potential, or just like your God-given right to go for it, whatever it is for you, and that's gonna be different for every person. Not everybody is here to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody is here to be a homemaker mom. Not everybody is here to be a best-selling author. Like feminism means that you get to choose whatever you desire, that's the freedom in it. And if you want to pursue your deepest desires and dreams, Drink water, get sunlight. You have to eat well. You have to look at your diet. You want to connect to God? Look at what you're putting in your mouth. So that's usually where I start. It's so simple,
0: the basics.
2: Yeah, I think for women especially, a lot of, and and clients will come to me a lot, I think. I talk a lot about, I I, I spent a lot of time living in um, moderate silence when I was living in India. Because I thought that's what I had to do. Right, I was vegan. I was living in some like silence every now and then. Um, I was this was like eight years ago, and there's so many different pathways to connecting to to divine or God as you understand it, or higher power as you understand it. And for women, we need to open up our hips, right? That's where we birth everything into the world, whether it's a book, an idea, a program, a child. So we need to sway. We need to move. We need to open up. We need to expand. So a silent seated practice might be to some much more masculine. That's why I typically teach an active meditation practice. That's what I've learned has worked best for thousands of my clients. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, the stillness is important. And so often I I just got off the phone with another client we overcomplicate everything yeah but it really is the most basic things that help you feel
1: better Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i know it's like the most simple things like you're drinking water or you know like it's okay to take 10 minutes and do yoga and stretching and you know it's okay to meditate and just sitting there in silence even if you're distracted you know and i think that people try to make everything perfect like well i don't know how to do it and i'm not doing it perfect and i used to be like that like oh i don't know how to dance so i'm not going to dance or i'm not going to do this because i'm not and instead of just like get you know get to the place where you push past your comfort zone and then you'll feel more free once you pass that uncomfortable feeling you know
2: absolutely it does require i talk about this very specific practice and it's a hebrew practice and it's cheshbon hanefesh which is just counting a counting of the soul a deep inner check into self a checking into your inner light And to check into your inner light means that you know who you are, you know thyself, which one of the is one of the greatest spiritual practices of all time to truly know who you are, why you react the way you do, why you want what you want, what you think it's going to feel like once you have the thing, because this intimacy with self, this connection to self, I mean, that's something that nobody can take away from you. But it's much deeper than that. It's the clarity of knowing what it is to sit in the essence of your own light. Mm-hmm. and once you sit in the essence of your own light it there is an urgency right and and we've all felt this especially since during and since the pandemic there is urgency to show up there is urgency to take up space it's why i have this certification the align coaching certification a year-long container where people become certified meditation teachers and spiritual psychology coaches and it was birthed from a place of people wanting to know how can they take up space in their life? How can they serve while also learning more about thyself and connecting with like, like like-minded people, like-minded women? So it is a really powerful conversation. It's quite topical.
1: And so what would you, what would you suggest for, I get a lot of people that aren't even open to doing coaching or aren't even open to seeing someone and they'll say, well, I'm just too uncomfortable to face myself. So I always find myself just distracting myself or like I don't want to be in a room alone or you know what what's the best advice to give someone like that
2: This is also so Freudian psychology is the image of somebody laying on the couch and speaking a word of conscious about Everything that occurred in their week or everything that occurred in their life or all the traumas that they went through There is one lineage of psychology where it's not always necessary to relive a trauma that occurred in the past Uh, Unless it is blocking the big thing. Mm. And this is something that I call the big belief, right? What is the big belief blocking you from getting to the next step? Uh, What I think is so interesting, Kim, and and I know you have a a life coaching practice. So in your practice, when somebody doesn't want to open up, it's because there's uh, lacking that intimacy with self. And that's not a muscle that was ever strengthened for them.
1: Right. Um. Right. Uh, and sometimes you just have to I find that you sometimes have to just do baby steps like literally go stand outside and ground for two minutes by yourself and touch a tree and like just something so simple and that's so weird for them and like they'll be so proud when they come back like I did it and then you can increase deeper deeper and deeper and then I find like a year later they're like Oh, I did my, you know, 30 minutes of meditation today and I caught myself when I was, you know, talking negatively about myself, you know, so, so it's, it can all be learned, which is, which is such great news because I think a lot of people will look at, you know, somebody like you, Aaron, instead of like, hey, step by step, I can, I can get to my own version of, you know, feeling connected and spiritual.
2: That's a really big topic as well. I, I mean, I, which in 2016, when I launched my business, I charged a dollar a minute, right? To connect, to talk. Mm-hmm. And in the last like long while of launching my business since then, which is nine years, we're coming up on nine years, you end up seeing themes. And I'm sure you see this in your practice as well. You see themes. So, so often my clients, perhaps similar to yours, We call it anxiety, we call it depression, we call it a breakup, we call it a divorce, we call it um, struggling with integration, ADD, ADHD. And we have these very clinical terms for what we are experiencing. And also it is never a one size fits all remedy solution. My specific program, it was more of a PhD track and I ended up not pursuing pursuing that route because when it comes to healing, I do think there's elements where, of course, use the clinical psychology frameworks. And sometimes you need a higher power as you understand it. You need to learn how to relax your nervous system. You need to get out of flight, fright, or freeze. You need to connect with other like-minded people. You need to eat well. You need to feed yourself good food. So it's yeah, it's the mixture of all of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. And how how do you heal trauma, um, anxiety and seasonal sadness if this person well anything, how do you heal anything when somebody is fighting you? Um or they're they just they are repeating what they knew, what all they learned from their parents. How do they get back to being on track, being in the place where they are really wanting to know who they are. Because some people are just like, I'm fine. I live mm-hmm. my life and I'm I do fine. Nothing's wrong with me. Yeah, you don't.
2: You don't heal. that person doesn't heal. Because
1: mm, they don't they're not wanting to already.
2: And right? you can't force somebody to go on the journey because healing takes gusto. Right. It means that you want to take up space in your life. It means yeah. that you want to heal your lineage. It means that it's, it ends with you. There's a really incredible book about intergenerational trauma called, it didn't start with us, it didn't start with you. And yeah, you can't force somebody to heal. They have to wanna do it for themselves. And if they don't learn it in this lifetime, they'll get
0: it again in the next. Yeah, it's just simple as that. It is. Okay. And you lived in mostly a silent ashram in India, right?
2: yeah so i was uh i lived in i was living in mumbai for a long time so i had a corporate job after undergrad in chicago and then i was leading trips to europe in the middle east to israel and on one trip to israel in january uh 2015 i stayed for six months and i lived off the land and i spent time with all these different mystics healers nutritionists like really wellness uh wellness people and entrepreneurs and spent a significant amount of time with alone with myself. And I know that that is kind of the greatest privilege of all. I was 23, I had my own apartment right outside of Tel Aviv, and I was just alone, and that is so sacred. And that ultimately led me to India, and I was living in Baikala, which is a predominantly Muslim community in Mumbai. And then I was working in the Kalwa slums uh, about an hour train ride away from there teaching hygiene, essentially, and basic English and Hindi in the slums. And I don't know Hindi. I learned a bit at the time. And during this time, my fellowship was just two months long in Mumbai. I ended up dating uh, dating this lovely guy in Mumbai. And I would live in many different ashrams and spiritual centers and come back to like Bollywood area as my home base. And I did a 200 hour yoga teacher training in a mostly silent ashram in South India, which like in a yoga teacher training, you need need to speak a little bit, right? To like learn about alignment or the asana or the benefits of a specific pose. So it was definitely a unique experience. And I think it's so important for people who feel pressure to live in like a specific spiritual box I find God in connecting to others and talking and communication, so silence was never going to be like the highest pathway for me, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: but I had to kind of learn that on my own.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Wow. Amazing. With Israel, um, we read that you are a spiritual Jew, like Eden, (laughs) (laughs) and have many trips to Israel, Um, and you, you also talked about... During that time, you learned about intuitive eating. So kind of a double question.
2: Oh yeah, how you feed your body is a form of self-love. So living in Israel is, I mean, my husband and I are deeply connected. We're going there in a couple of weeks. We we love the land. We As our life exists in Chicago, Austin, it exists in Tel Aviv, like we love it there. We're very connected. And I lead a million trips there also all the time. Um, And there's a potency there. And as maybe Eden, I'm guessing you've also been to Israel. No, you gotta go. Yeah,
0: I know. I I don't know if it's too late to do my free birthright trip, but I could do that if it's not too late. <laughs> yeah, it ends at
2: 26. So, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we could we could talk about some alternative routes. Um, Eden is referencing this one organization. It's called Birthright, or in Hebrew, it's Taglit. And if you are Jewish enough to die in the Holocaust, you're Jewish enough to get a free trip to Israel. So this means one Jewish grandparent and it is funded it's funded by all these different organizations i used to lead all the spiritual niche birthright trips which was like one of the greatest privileges of my life Mm -hmm. and uh it was yeah it was a really incredible it's a really incredible trip connecting to the land so even before my husband and i were together he lived in jerusalem even before i knew my husband i was living all over the country And this was also the time I was living in Chicago right before Israel and I was studying functional medicine, nutrition, and I have a background in functional medicine, nutrition and the most sacred thing of all, and this is the reason why I went back to school for clinical psychology and not dietetics is because how you feed your body is a form of self-love. So it doesn't matter if I tell you to eat real food, right? Like eat grass fed meat, eat fruits and vegetables from the local farmers market, if that's accessible to you or order it online. Eat, like, try not to eat too many foods with words you don't understand in the ingredients, right? Stay away from seed oils and GMOs. It doesn't matter if I say that to you, if you have an emotional connection to a specific food and we're not talking about that emotional connection, if that's what comforts you, if that's what feels safe. So intuitive eating is knowing why am I eating this thing? Why am I putting this thing in my mouth? Am I seeking comfort? Am I seeking Am I so exhausted? I'm just like moving, which is so many of us, moving throughout the day, trying to get shit done. Like the dishwasher is full. I'd never made the bed. I have a Zoom meeting that I have to hop on in two minutes. I have toothpaste in the corner of my mouth. And you're just like shoving food in your mouth. Why am I doing this, right? Or even the times of the day that you're eating. So many of my clients will eat at the same time as their kids when they're not even hungry during that time. And so, intuitive eating is again. It comes back into deeply knowing thyself, trusting your own innate wisdom, and your body is going to tell you what it deeply desires and what it needs, mm-hmm. and and you have to trust that. So again, it comes back to intimacy with self.
1: Once hmm. again,
0: it always does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm getting a lot better with doing
1: that. Like, it's almost like you start. It's just like regular intuition but you know maybe before never thinking like oh yeah you could do this with eating as well and so I've been practicing that for the last couple of years getting better to where I'm like it's the same feeling as when intuitive messages come in a lot of the time you know like you're supposed to be having this go buy this right now you know whatever
0: yeah but uh, here's a good question I think it's hard to decipher what is a craving and then what is your in- to intuition what does your body intuitively want
2: so here's the thing and this might be like it does require a healthy palate and that might mean giving up sugar or gluten or dairy or corn soy alcohol caffeine for a specific amount of time dairy is like 10 days it's not a big deal uh gluten is 90 especially in america this will not be true so anyone listening in europe anywhere outside of America, this is not true. In America, our food is totally bastardized. We are quite addicted to our food. We have glyphosate in our gluten. So it's not even us reacting to gluten. It's the other chemicals in there as well. So um, it does require having a refined palate, which might mean going through a period where you're editing, where you're editing the food that you're eating. And not all, and I've learned this recently, like I'm eating, I'm I'm 18 weeks pregnant Hashem, and I'm eating foods that I was, I haven't consistently eaten gluten and dairy in a decade. Now I'm eating a ton of gluten and dairy because I'm still averse to a lot of different foods. And this is something that I can get in my body, but a grass fed dairy from a local cow. I mean, I'm in Austin right now, a cow that's a hundred miles away is a real food compared to, you know, craft singles, which mm. isn't real yeah. at all.
0: Yeah.
2: And not all meat is created equal, right? Regenerative farm, grass-fed meat where you're, and like we eat a lot of ancestral blends. So the liver is in there, the heart is in there. Like you're eating these things that your ancestors ate. So not all food is created equal and everything that I'm saying, it might sound expensive. It's not. It's building a strong relationship with the farmers nearby and you can do this virtually as well. Um, So you are right, a craving could be an addiction. So if you are craving sugar, like all the time, which is so common, it might be candida, which is like a yeast overgrowth. You know, this is you, if you have uh, commonly get yeast infections, if you have a lot of dandruff, like dry flaky skin, if you stick out your tongue in the morning and there's a lot of white coating, that could be a lot of different things though too, um, that does require a little bit of time away from some of these foods. And you have to love yourself enough to do that you have to want you have to want it yeah and then once you're free of that addiction like you really only need to go through I don't even want to call it a cleanse I don't even want to call it a detox it's just you have to care so much about yourself that you're willing to let go of something that you're partially addicted to to find out what a refined palate is so that you can become a more clear intuitive eater
1: I you know I noticed too like what let's say I go to Italy I will eat like a ton of pasta and bread and walk, but not other exercise and eat as much as I want. And I come back and have lost like eight pounds. Whereas yeah. here, if I ate a lot of pasta and bread, I would probably gain eight pounds.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's it's different food. They won't trade with us for a reason. I have a client in Rome, living in Rome, and I was talking to her this morning and it's it's just not equal. We uh, And I think this becomes a bigger conversation. Be- even like him, the way that you started the question that you asked me in the beginning, people, we live in America and I'm guessing maybe a lot of your listeners are American uh, American listeners.
0: We have all over the place,
2: yeah. Oh, all over yeah, the place, Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. this might just be relevant to Americans, but to pause and ask yourself, what do I want? We're programmed to want the American dream and to want the American dream is to work 40 hours a week, maybe get a car and a mortgage, maybe have some kids. And like, that's the American dream. That's not true for so many people I work with. Mm
0: -hmm. Majority
2: of my clients live all around the world nomadically or spend six months here and six months somewhere else, or they desire that. So they try to create a remote or digital business. Um, But it also comes back into the food sources. So if you're in this cycle of the American dream and you're in the cycle of eating American food, you're. You're not going to take that pause and ask yourself, what do I want?
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> no pun um, intended.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, shifting gears, um, you were talking about how you have a spiritual life coach certification and um, I was looking and you have a mastermind, stuff I love to do too. You have your book. Um, but with today's attention span, like for example, A lot of videos, no matter how great they are, get 15 seconds viewed and that's it. You know, the attention span is shorter. What is your ideal way that you market? Cause I get that question a lot from people like, what do I do now? Times have changed and shifted so much.
2: Our job as truth seekers is to not dumb down what we know to be sacred. So that may mean it's a 60 second video instead of a 15 second video. Or that may mean, that may mean instead of trademarking a spiritual practice, you don't bother with trademarking it because a spiritual practice is God given, is spirit given and everybody gets access to it. But this is a very important conversation because when you are choosing to help people in the self-development world, in the spiritual world, You have to keep what we know to be holy, holy. Mm. And you can't edit so much in the name of marketing. So, yeah, it always comes back to source, always confers to the integrity. And if you are living in integrity, it doesn't matter how long the video is.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it also doesn't matter how many people are watching if you're in integrity because you're just no, you know that you're connecting with the, the people who are meant to see your video and and that's enough.
1: Yeah.
2: And this is Soulmate Clients, I tell all of my clients. So, yeah, so I have a, a business coaching mastermind that's enrolling right now for entrepreneurs who want to scale to six figures and multiple six figures. We're ready by the time this uh, episode comes out, there's I just have a ton of applications for that. I have the certification, a year long container where people become a certified meditation teacher and spiritual psychology coach. And my job isn't to entertain the attention span of the modern day being. My job is to educate in a way that will give people the transformation that they need more than anything so that they can also be the guides, the teachers, the coaches, the midwives of the soul. So I think it comes back into, it's an, it's it comes back to, you know, the integrity of it all.
0: Yeah. And being aligned with your highest path.
2: Yeah. And alignment is big because people don't know thyself. So like some people have never felt the And for anyone who's listening. I like to explain alignment as, the feeling you get when you're getting ready to go to like a dinner party and you're about to go meet your soul friends where like you could wear anything, you could bring any food, you could wear like your biggest bold bold dress or you could come in your PJs and they love you versus how you feel when you're going to a dinner party of like people who just like, ugh, like you're going because it's like your husband's coworkers Friends event like you kind of have to go and then you're overthinking everything. What should I wear? What should I bring? So that's how I like to explain alignment, because we've all been in that situation where we forced ourselves to go to an event that we don't want to go to. The feeling state of alignment allows the world to conspire in your favor. And we haven't even talked about like law of attraction or manifestation and really meditation, because maybe you talk about meditation a lot. But alignment is the thing that just, again, it's intimacy with self. When you know who you are and what feels yeah. good with you, you do become dangerous. You're not easily manipulated. You yeah. know what you want. You flow in a state of, and, and it doesn't need to be highest vibration. It's truth. And there that's all there really needs to be. Yeah. So yeah, get aligned for anyone listening. That's where the deep work is.
1: Yep, we are does this with everything we always say does this feel forced or flowing and when it feels forced you want to stop and question yourself like hmm is it something i just need to like alter a bit or do i need to not go there and not do it you know so i love that and then how do you how do you balance being wealthy and bringing in wealth um you know i like to say money is is the root of all miracles um how do you bring in wealth but also stay balanced with everything else
2: What is money? Money is, a lot of people will say money is energy, but it's another vehicle to help you connect to, uh, you know, God as you understand it, right? So how are you going to use it? For example, I know that John and I, my husband, John, we could move to Bali right now, or yeah, we can move to Bali, Indonesia, in a nice villa, eating the best food ever. If anybody's listening and you're called to Bali, this is your sign to go to Bali (laughs)
0: Um,
2: or join me on retreat because I think I'm gonna start planning one there soon. Um, It's another avenue to share the medicine. So I know that with every client that chooses to work with me, they're investing in also kind of who I am and what I believe in, which is supporting female entrepreneurs, in launching and scaling a business to share the medicine on their heart, because those are the voices that need to be amplified. Mm -hmm. So money is another vehicle to share the medicine. And I think this is so important because all of clients come to me and they'll say, selling is so toxic. Selling doesn't feel good to me. Selling feels so markety. But how is somebody going to experience the transformation otherwise? You share from a place of alignment. Listen, I was once here and now I'm there. And here are the, this is the framework I followed. If it aligns, DM me. If it doesn't, you know, peace to you. Live your life.
0: I love. And no attachment then. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. 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 Um, you also spoke on one of your videos about calling, you called your husband in. <laughs> share with us how you did that.
2: I have this whole uh, manifestation masterclass. It's completely free. So I'll share it with with you guys to put in your show notes. Yeah, I manifested my husband and I really believe it. I believe in the practice of like truly acting it and then you're attracting it. Uh, I work with a lot of manifestation mantras. I believe in powerful ceremony. I know that a lot of us were, were, we are like quite mystical beings and you can tap into that. So manifestation is embodying what you deeply desire in the present moment in time. Manifestation is making yourself equal to that energy so that when it is visible in your line of sight, it knows that it's coming for you. So I love working. So I did a very specific ceremony to manifest my husband. Uh, I teach a very specific practice called Snapshot Manifestation. It is a life altering practice. It's when everything you desire is existing in one moment in time. I'll, I'll again, I'll share this with all of you. And I also work with a lot of very specific manifestation mantras. So one of my most favorite ones is I'll have some of that. I'll have some of that is so profound. It's also a wonderful clarity tool. So if anything I'm saying on this episode resonates and you desire that for yourself, just say I'll have some of that. If you are walking down the street and you see a couple holding hands and they're like looking at each other so lovingly and you desire that for self, say, I'll have some of that. If you see somebody on social media eating a burger and it looks amazing or they're walking throughout Italy on this incredible trip or they're celebrating a book launch or a 100K launch, and you desire that for self, just say, I'll have some of that because then you are telling the energy around you, this is the feeling state I desire. This is the thing. And then it increases your clarity as well.
0: So you don't have to be specific because I know sometimes people tell tell you in manifestation, you have to give every detail about every feeling and the specific visual that you have. But that is just like pointing it out. And it's simple. It is specific, though. I mean, you're yeah, saying is. this is it. This yeah, this is the thing that I want. Yeah, yeah, easier to me than
1: yeah. Know, so Alternative specific. Yeah, and you said in another video, you said I'll have some of that, and then I think it was another one. You said, "Why not me?"
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Why not me is another one that I love, right? If you are seeing it out in the world and it exists, why can't it be you?
1: Right. I I think what's great about that is I recently and you helped Erin because. I had just seen your video, and this was like a couple weeks ago, and I had someone really troubled because they said, I'm terrible, I was feeling jealous about a friend who had achieved this certain thing. And I'm like, you know what, you that's just your label, you, you're you deciding you were jealous, but you really just looked at it like, okay, I can see my life going that way, and I'll have some of that, you know, i I want that too. And so she was able to shift it and not feel so bad, you know, like, oh, okay, I was just seeing the possibilities, and I wasn't feeling these. Evil intentions towards her, you know. Yeah, and it's
2: also noticing—is it jealousy or is it envy? And this is the other thing about like our American language is um, we don't have a we we think we have so many words to describe feeling states. And when you expand your vocabulary, you speak multiple languages, you end up having more verbs, nouns, adjectives that you can use to describe what you desire or to describe your feeling state as well. Yeah. And whenever you feel these feeling states of somebody having something that you want and you want it as well, you know, you have to you have to celebrate them on some level. I know it's a hard one because when you judge them or hate on them or yeah, like like kind of give them the hard time, it's kind of blocking that energy for act from it accessing you. This comes up so often. I've had so many girlfriends come to me and they're like, I've been calling in a partner for so long. I've been wanting this man to come in my life for so long. And I've been going on all these dates. And then my friend who went on a first date met her partner right away. I'm so jealous. I'm so envious. Like I, I desire that for myself so deeply. That, that energy must be shifted to call it in for self. And make, that's the healing. I mean, that's the work, and then you can all have some of that.
0: Because I think what the my uh, way of I don't know making sense of it is lack. So, like what you're describing when they're in judgment, it it if you're it makes you feel like I don't have that, and that's lack and then that's what you're gonna get back from the universe.
2: Yeah, and I don't want anyone like here being nervous about it. Like everything we're talking about is all good. So like, if you have like a thought or a block, just bless it, just be like, I release this to my ancestors, you know, God, as I understand it, uh, mother nature, the elements, Gaia, I release this and I choose to have a loving thought instead or I choose to, uh, to call in a miracle instead of
1: this. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not left with feeling negative in any way, you know, or low. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right. Well, the last um, question, the last thing before we find out about your your courses and everything, um, you teach bullet journaling, and I thought that was really unique. And so, could you just kind of explain that real quick?
2: I teach a lot of writing practices, and I was I just was on with Cheryl Strayed this morning um connecting with her we were talking about writing a lot and bullet journaling it's not for everyone so if you're somebody who loves to make there's so many different writing practices you can do scripting which is a manifestation practice and scripting is when you kind of I like to do this around new years you look at the year you pretend that it's already a year ahead and you write about, oh, this was the best year of my life and this is everything that happened. Morning pages when you wake up first thing in the morning and you kind of just write down how you're feeling. Maybe you wrote your dreams. It's kind of like a brain dump and it's can ground you for the day ahead. This works super well for my best friend who's an artist, a lot of my super creative clients. Bullet journaling is something that resonates with me because I love lists. Like I'm a lists girl. That's how I organize like everything. And I think the fun thing about bullet journaling is you can, and I write this in my book as well as you can DIY it, you can make it yourself now you can literally buy your own journal and you can write like, this is my spiritual, soulful, amazing bullet journal. And then you can go on the first page and it says gratitudes and you write down all your gratitudes in a list. And then you go forward a couple pages and it's like, well, like mine is recipes that I want to make and it's like i want to learn how to make my john's grandma's um she makes these really amazing like really amazing gefilte fish and i want to learn how to make my mom's brisket and like all these recipes that i want to make and then you can go a couple pages more and it's like things that i need to get done this quarter this week this day and then again that's a list bullet bullet journaling can also be like a brain dump. This is what's on my mind today. This is what I'm excited about. This is what I'm inspired by. These are the books that I want to read. So it can look different for every single person, but it's the best thing for my list takers out there.
1: Yeah, I'm one of those.
2: <laughs>
0: nice, great tips.
1: Well, so can you tell about the the free course that you have, and then also about your mastermind and your and your spiritual cycle? Yeah.
2: Meditation? So the best way to connect with me is on Instagram at Erin R Doppelt, E-R-I-N-R-D-O-P-P-E-L-T. And I'll share all of this with you. Um, If you are a purpose-driven, heart-led entrepreneur, I have limited spots open in my business mastermind. And you want to aggressively scale your business, feel free to apply for Limitless Mastermind or DM me on Instagram. And I'll just be brutally honest if I think it's a good fit. Uh, I am best known for the Align Coaching Certification, which is a year-long container where you become a certified meditation teacher and spiritual psychology coach. It is a life-altering practice. We begin with term one, which is a meditation teacher training. So it's the best because you're learning how to relax your nervous system. And if you ever want to master something, you learn how to teach it. And I have so many people that have joined the container where they just wanted to be held on a spiritual journey. And I have so many people who are already coaches and they wanted to add new tools to uh, to their toolbox. Term two is the spiritual psychology immersion. This is where we honor the Eastern ritual chakra system and its marriage to Western psychology. Term three is the Align Coaching Signature Framework. So we dive into the PERMA model, the science of happiness, which we talked about a little bit earlier, emotional intelligence, manifestation, and other thought theories as well. And then term four is the business and clinical uh, immersion. All of these different thought theories And then the last term is the business and clinical immersion. So what you do with a client that says this, and then also how to launch and scale your coaching business. And it's, yeah, it's an absolutely amazing program. So please connect with me if that uh, sounds fun. It's a really, really amazing container.
1: Nice. And your websites go over really thoroughly. So I was very impressed by that. Um, And then what about the course, the manifestation?
2: Yeah, I'll send this to you. I will I'll, uh, I can email it to you right after our call. It's a free manifestation masterclass. And it is, we talk about four different rituals that you can move into manifest. And we also talk about snapshot manifestation. So it's a really incredible course. I have thousands of people move through it. It's completely free. So, you know, it's always a good idea to tap into it.
1: So those listening, go ahead and DM her for any of those yeah. courses masterminds and free course and just tell her how you like this episode and we do it's interesting we get it it varies we do have a lot of american listeners right now the number two country listening is australia a lot of times it's actually india um we get like italy and japan it's really cool so i love that you're like we don't even know who it is and you know you see that all these people are listening and most of the time they don't they don't tell you you know so you're just looking at the geography stats going,
0: wow,
1: you know? So, um, but yeah, thank you, Erin. You were just a joy to have on and speaking our language for sure.
0: Thank you. Thank you for your time. Have a a beautiful rest of the pregnancy process. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. And
1: everyone for listening.
0: Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. Find out more at talkpurposeandtruth.com and follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook.